Welcome back to City on a Hill Gaming, a tabletop RPG actual play podcast. Let's meet the team. Hi, I'm Grant, and I'm the GM. Hi, I'm Peter, and I'm playing Faramond Bahar, Human Paladin. Hi, I'm Daniel, and I'm playing Ansel, the Inquisitive Rogue. Hi, I'm Ryan, and I'm playing Ruach, the Air Genasi Shepherd. Hi, I'm Ben, I'm playing Reepsy Piven, the Satyr Druid. Hi, I'm William. I'm playing Myaston Zarbrex. I'm a Dragonborn Wizard. We hope you enjoy our show. Welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone's had a good uh, break. Uh, fun fact, for those who are uh, not in the know, i.e. listeners, we've had a little longer break than usual, so if we sound a little unclear on where we left off, that's why we don't remember either. Um, it, it's the nature of gaming. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Accurate. So... Uh, one other thing before we get started, I don't think we mentioned this last time. Um, there's going to be a, kind of a slight tone shift here because Ryan has asked me to sort of extend this campaign. I was trying to pack it into like a really tight time frame. Um, so we are no longer rushing headlong to try and finish this in like six or seven sessions. So that's exciting. Love it. Um, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, City on the Hill Gaming. Hi. Uh, we back. Um, and Grant... Yeah. I'm assuming the recap of last session will be done as a team. This is a team building exercise. So. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I'll I'll take first bat at it. Uh, Go nuts. I, all right. Uh, so from what I remember, um, Reap was able to bless the food, get all of the poison out. The um, Dragonborn were very surprised. And then they were basically going to regroup in their tent and our group was planning on following them so and going into the tent kind of laying our cards on the table and that's the direction we were heading towards the end because we know that they are or were trying to um immobilize us in order to do something probably has something to do with taking the water element out of this oasis mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you guys were going to go follow them and lay cards on the table. But there was definitely a, they were going back to sort of regroup and you were all kind of going, all right, we won this round. Now what? Now what? Yeah. Also, Reap turned into a goat at one point, And I think I, I rode the goat because we had to hurry somewhere. Right. It's yes. not a good game session until one character rides another at high speed. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, why else do you have druids if you're not going to do that sort of shenanigans? 100% true. <laughs> no shade to druids, but it is a nice benefit of that class. Yeah. Shape-shifting no, coolio. Sh shade? Like, no. That's, that's, that's like half that's the a big coolness part of, the, of Yeah, I was going to say, shape-shifting's dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, we tried to have breakfast with them. They tried to poison our breakfast. Reap made sure they didn't poison our breakfast. It's it's notable that they were not trying to lethally poison our breakfast. They were important. just trying to knock us out. That is I, very important. I I believe that was if if we remember from a while back, that was uh at Tubor's insistence. Yes, I believe Tubor was talking to them because he didn't want to just straight up mess us up. He did he did he did not want to do a murder. Yes. I believe there was something about a vow at one point. If I yes. remember from my editing correctly. <laughs> okay, so to to hop into character. Okay, so uh, I I suggest that we take a, a a group of us should go speak with the dragonborn to uh, uh, convince them to leave this area alone. I, I believe we have uh, put the fear in them. Should we speak with Tuber first? I can speak with Tuber. I have Think questions about uh, the logistics of being able to transport a caravan and how we can upscale this for my company. I'll oh, yeah, him. and probably something about the Oasis, too. Maybe that's important. That's also maybe, yes, we'll, we will do that also. I, I would recommend we talk to him, and we can talk to them. Yes, I think we do need to talk to them. Uh, I, I, think I would, would say best. that the more time we give the Dragonborn, 
the more likely it is that they will escape or get away. Reasonable assertion. At, at the, the risk of doing anything half strength, um, would it be good for like Ansel to go talk to Tuber and then the rest of us go talk to the Dragonborn? Do we trust Tuber that much? I mean, I sort of think I do, to be fair. I do. He seems nice. He does seem nice. You're not wrong. Besides, if for some reason things were to go south, I think you would hear it. I think you can scream loud enough we can hear you, yeah. He is quite a And if I can't, he can. Hello. Theramond, your thoughts? I'm a little reluctant to let him go off alone to talk to a Cyclops. Um, I can tag along with him, though. Okay, myself, Reap, and Sargrex, I suppose, then? I mean, Theramond, do you have anything specific? One person by themselves with a Cyclops, that's dangerous. Two, totally safe. Totally fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that totally safe, but slightly <laughs> less dangerous. 100% <laughs> fine. Hey, man, you've seen Faramon's damage output. <laughs> oh, look, you're not wrong. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I've also seen Dubor's. Uh, <laughs> uh, we haven't seen that yet. I hope we don't. <laughs> the difference is that uh, between Ansel and Faramon is Ansel can dodge. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, I, I joke. Please do not let my quips uh, influence your decision making. Faramon has a very fine. high armor class, though, so he's got that going for him. I forget um, sometimes we're seventh level, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did Faramon have something he actually wanted to talk to them about, or because I know that was the one of the last things of the last session was you were going to go talk to them. Yeah, and my brain is just okay. whatever was in there a month ago when last we played is gone. <laughs> Fair. Uh, William, does Myston have any objections to the plan? Nope. Okay. Um, cool. Anything uh, you want to add, William? If I remembered enough, maybe, but I'm in the same boat. Cool. Honestly, I'm just going to yes and my way through this because I don't remember a whole lot either. It's Bring fine. it on. Let's do this. Sounds good to me. <laughs> this is what happens when we record in advance. We're all we're all working off my memory, which I've been told my mind is like a steel trap. Everything that goes in there gets mangled. Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, Nothing Grant, ever lead, gets out. <laughs> lead, lead us forward, sir. Right. So who wants to go first? Sure. Why not? Um, All right. Reap, you with me? I'm, yep. I'm right there with you. All right, Maestan, let's right. go say hi, I guess. So, yeah, you guys uh, approach the little trio of tents that have been set up for these three dragonborn um you can hear valdra uh working hard on something metallic in her tent given the amount of weaponry and armor that she has this is perhaps unsurprising uh and out of the the leftmost tent which is where the the green one whose name you still have yet to catch, uh, oh, was okay. uh, residing. There's a very faint chemical odor. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> was she the one um, we, we suspect was making the poison? Or was that the, the other one? You're quite certain that that, that was her. her. She's the one with the bottles on her on her satchel or whatever. So many bottles. All the bottles. Yes. She was okay. the one that seemed a little... Uh... Not hesitant, but less dangerous than the other ones in conversation. Correct? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's, let's, I'd say I knock, but they're tense. Um, I clear I'll my strum throat, a little strum. And I'll clear my throat loudly. There's a <clears throat> sudden jangle of bottles and glassware. And crash, crash, uh, crash, 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 crash. A, a muffle, <laughs> no, not quite a crash, but like a clank, clank, and a, a hiss, uh, which you're not entirely sure from outside the tent whether that was a draconic hiss of frustration or acid splashing and then uh come in uh uh y yes um okay wait i I'm, I'm gonna ask this before we head inside um we're just we're just going all all in here laying this on the table correct that's the plan so to speak that was my I suggestion mean, okay 
I'm in. I'm just making. I'm just making sure we're on the same page before I just go full honesty mode. That we're just we're all on the same page about what we're doing here. I mean, what's the worst can happen when you're telling the truth? That's like a. Let's find out. There's like a book or something <laughs> there that's um, that I'm here for. I, I appreciate the let's find out approach. Well done. Okay. Um. So yeah. So when they, uh, she. I think one of them said, "Come in" or something. She said, "Come in." Oh, come in. Uh, yes. So, um, so you're, you going in? I'll, I'll, uh, which tent was that? It's the well. I'll, I'll click on it on the map. It's this one, but it's the leftmost tent of the three for our listeners, kind of facing the oasis. Green. green if you're tent. looking at the three of them from the oasis, there's three of them set up in a kind of semicircle sort of arc. Right. And the leftmost one, you know, the one with uh, the green dragonborn on it on the map, and all the bottles. Record. Okay. Perfect. Um, I, I open the flap. Do I only see one dragonborn? You do. Okay. Um, uh, the tent's actually quite cool, which is a little surprising because there is a small burner actually going in there. Uh, little, little tiny charcoal brazier. Um, this one has air conditioning. Uh, well, some of it is that it is thick enough that it's not got a lot of light coming in and oh. some of it is whatever is whatever Ascar is working on on this is um it's sucking a lot it feels like it's sucking some of the heat out of this space that's not disconcerting at all i'm excited um i don't actually go in i just hold the flap open i'm like uh can we speak with the three of you she sighs and says, yes, I suppose so. This is, this is not, once again a failure. Yes, give, give me a moment. Let me put this out and dispose oh, of, of course. this mess. Of course. You see her grab a pair of tongs and carefully lift it into a bottle. I am, um, as I'm holding the tent open, I kind of give Reap and Myaston the eye and I'm kind of like, nod towards whatever she's doing and i'm like <clears throat> hmm hmm Ooh, this sounds like a great opportunity for a pair of arcana checks from the two of them and not me <laughs> most importantly not me sure my negative one in arcana william's a plus oh there we go okay feel it ah, that's a 22 from yasta plus seven goes a long way yeah it does still rolling a 15 there uh but yes the plus seven this is well within your wheelhouse. Um, I don't know how how much does Miastin dabble in alchemy as a pastime or a, a sideline business or anything like that. I forget which uh, which type of dra- oh, he's he's the fire he he's the fire breathing dragonborn. But this is more of a character question, right? Just hanging well, around in town. Yeah, but um, specific uh, dragonborn do are known for their alchemy and I. It looks like uh, my type is. So he dabbles a bit. Cool. You recognize a good bit of this equipment. Uh, Ascara definitely seems to be a dragonborn uh, alchemist as well, which is exciting. She also seems fairly good at it, frankly. There's a lot going on here. This is more than you have dabbled in, that's for sure. Uh, She's made a real study of some of this stuff. you recognize quite a lot here in, um, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that is just like, I've heard of that. And then there's a few things where you kind of look at and go, huh, but there's definitely a good bit of alchemical equipment in here. Honestly, you're a little surprised Tubor's willing to carry all of it, (laughs) frankly, Uh, especially if it keeps getting like, set up and then taken down and set up and taken down, which kind of tells you that she's been expecting to be here for some period of time. Like this is not the the kind of setup you create for an overnight camp. I have so many questions, but Rock doesn't have the knowledge for that. So never mind. Um, One other thing, a lot of the stuff that you see is not labeled in draconic, but rather labeled in primordial. Interesting. Okay, now I'm going to ask a question. Um, because on Ruach's character sheet is primordial. 
So does Ruach recognize any words? Uh, yes, most of them pertain to various elements, and then there's a bunch of stuff that, well, you know all of the words, but not in that order. <laughs> it's it's oh, no. fairly arcane alchemical okay. stuff. Um, the el the elemental words, um, do most of them pertain to water, in some way or uh, shape or form? Not all of them, but a number of them do. That's for sure. Interesting. Um, interesting. Do I find it weird that it's primordial and not draconic? I have no idea what you think. Uh, Miastin would I'm find sorry. it weird. I find it weird. Miastin would also find it weird. Miastin would find it weird. Yeah, definitely. I have suspicions. That I, I am suspicious that this is not hers. Originally not. The, these things that are labeled in Primordial are not hers. They were given to her. Because she would not have labeled them that way. In my mind. In Ruach's mind. In both our minds. Way to weave a good mystery, Grant. Now I'm suspicious. More suspicious. I guess I was already suspicious. Okay, um, did the other two hear me request they come outside? Because I was I'm... mostly not just talking to her. You you hear Sekka, uh, or the, the blue one's tent flap open, and she steps out, sort of squinting against the sunlight. Valdra uh, does not come out after a moment. She kind of continues to scrape and bang at whatever metallic thing she's working on. Interesting. Okay. Um so what we got I got two, two of three. Yeah. Okay. Um Hello again. Um Ascara while you are talking, Ascara is carefully burying a bottle in the sand. In plain view of us. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. She I seems know what's to be happening. holding with okay. tongs and mostly looking disgustedly at it. Oh, I know what's happening and I'm upset now. Okay. Um, oh, I think she's well, just remember gonna... she said that that like failed, and so she's like t holding it with tongs and is burying it out back. It sounds just to like get rid of it. It's it's probably because they don't have fume hoods here. I'm afraid or she's incinerators. Just, I'm afraid she's openly doing the thing now that they've been caught. That's my concern. I prefer Peter's version. Um, so I, I look at Reap and Myas and I'm like, so we. Um, the whole breakfast thing with the, the poison, let's just be honest, it was poison. Um, thank you, Reap. Uh, yeah, that, why? We'll go with why. Give me an insight check. Uh-oh. And, and also Reap and or Myston, if it, me, me Austin, excuse me, if at any point, just jump in over me, because... Ruach's just going to ramble his way through this until something happens. And in our brilliant <laughs> mode of planning, the two most perceptive characters are not there. Hey, Six, I have 16. Perception. You, Excellent. You, you um, might have perception. I have like plus nine to perception. Good night. I spread my stats out oddly. Okay. Oh, it all, <laughs> so, it all went to charisma. That's why. I okay. have plus five That's to fine. it, but I'm also, I've got the observant feet. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, all of you hear Valdra stop hammering at that. <laughs> Got him. Um, <laughs> Ascara looks very embarrassed. Got him Seca again. looks like she wants to murder you. I mean, look, that happens. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to be upset about it. Um, uh, yeah, so there it is. Yes, well... She turns and looks at the blue dragonborn next to her. Seca, I think Valdra should probably join us. And a moment later, Valdra's coming out of her tent as well, looking uh, very angry and holding a great sword in the midst of being oiled and fixed by the looks, looks yeah. of it. Have we seen the great sword already at some point? I believe you have, yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure she's got a great sword. Great axe, excuse me. Close enough. Giant slashy Important. thingy that's going to hurt. Big slashy thing. Uh, looks like she was busy hammering out a nick. Oh, okay. Happens. Been there. Yep. Okay, so yeah. there, There's all of it. Sup. Uh, 
Why? We'll go with why. That was my original question. We'll stick with that one. Ascara again kind of looks embarrassed at Valdra and Seca, and Seca finally pipes up. We have our orders. We had hoped to put you out of the way long enough that we could attend to certain tasks. So you're here on business. We're As also, we said. We're also here on business, so let's just professional courtesy can we just dispense with all the nonsense please if you like Ascar, can you tell me what you're burying this is a piece of trash frankly i was trying to well put together something that would cool me down in the heat this ended up Mm. being um well as you can see she holds up a what is clearly a glowing hot ember. It sucks the heat out of the space around it, but then is impossible to touch. If I don't bury it and give it enough heat to soak up from the sand, and then it will pull that little bit of heat out of the top layer, and then have enough, it will eventually have too little heat from the sand. The heat in the sand only goes down a few inches, you know. Once that happens, this little bit will get cold. But by the way, don't step back here after about five minutes. It'll get too cold. The reaction will stop and it should all melt by the next morning. I apologize. It turned out to be a bit of a disaster. Interesting. I'm I'm a little shaken. It's been an unusual day, I suppose. You could say that, yes. Um, would you mind if I helped you bury that a little farther away from the oasis? Oh, yes. No problem. Uh, do you have a long-handled shovel? Uh, do I have a... That's a good question. I don't... Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, but I do have my shield, and I can use that a little bit. If you can dig a hole that's oh, six or eight inches deep, worst case, we could try and kick it into there. Yeah, I can I can definitely make that happen. Oh, thank you. So I'll lead her off uh, a good, like, 100 yards away from the oasis. Okay, she looks a little curious as to why you're that far away. And after about 50 yards, she kind of stops and says, this is far enough. Is it? Okay, yes. so I'll dig down, give her a hole, use my use my shield and my daggers, and just kind of loosen up the, the the sand and give it a get down to where it's a little cooler. Yeah, shields are not um, the best. <laughs> I'm using tool. the shield like a shovel, but like the yeah, dagger. they're to still not the best up. digging tool. I've tried to do things with like plates <laughs> and that sort of thing. It doesn't work well, um, but you like, get there eventually. By the end of it with this thing out in the sun you can feel the cold kind of radiating off of it just out here in the desert Hmm. it kind of feels nice it's also getting bigger and brighter yeah (laughs) oh dear good sweet gravy okay can we please not have a runaway chain reaction She's looking a little nervous by the time you finally get the hole done and very quickly puts it in and says, okay, cover it up. And and she starts fumbling, I, like kicking sand in as fast as she can. I will cast frostbite on it also. She blinks, sort of pulls her foot back very quickly and then, ah, clever idea. Thank you. And just kind of balance its absorption of heat with some frostbite cantrips. Yeah, that helps a little bit. Enough that you can get it buried. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure it didn't affect the water supply. Oh, no, no, no. This this would have no effect whatsoever. Although, if left unchecked, I suppose it would freeze it over. Wonder. That's what I was worried about. I wonder how long that would take. She squats down and starts, like, using a talon to scratch out some quick equations in the sand sort of scuttling along as she, on her in a sort of squat position as she starts working things out needing more room i sneeze <laughs> <Gesundheit>. <laughs> 
<laughs> nope. Okay. That's that's it. And I'll kind of mm-hmm. head back. After a few minutes, she realizes she's alone, like kind of stands up and hurries <laughs> after you. Catches up. Thank you. It would have been, I suppose, a little more trouble than I had anticipated. Yeah. You got to be careful with some of those magic sometimes. Mm. Uh, that's what Seka keeps reminding me. And really, it's not like the loss of her third talon was permanent. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, look, that's fair. Ooh, just an, I've, I've just found an eyebrow ankle. raise. <laughs> just an eyebrow raise, ankle. but no comment. <laughs> Very nice, Daniel. Very nice. She's helping. <laughs> Boy, is she trying to. Um, I, I wait. So anyway, yeah. Back at camp. Back at camp. Um, Valdra sort of stares at you for a little while, then says, "So, now that you know." that we have business here and need you out of the way. What do you intend to do? Move on? Oh, that seems... I would recommend mm, it. Uh, I figured you would. To be perfectly honest, um, if your intention, or shall we say business, is anything similar to what I've seen at several of the other oasis we've been to since we began this journey, uh, leaving is unlikely. I won't see that happen again. Ah. Goes against my nature, so to speak. Unfortunate. We have, well, as Seka said, we have orders. And while I bear you no ill will, I, I am not in a position, none of the three of us are, to disobey them. You can see Ruag is sort of move the microphone there we go uh is sort of mulling that over and he just kind of i have my orders as well uh though i suppose mine come from further up than yours do and he just kind of points straight up she gives a sort of toothy grin yes but mine are rather more immediate the jarl himself has ordered us to attend to these tasks Grant question. Yo. Y- y- I mean, Jarl is a... I've played enough Skyrim. I've heard the name. Um, where do Jarls come from in this region? That's an excellent question. You should give me a history check. Yay. The, the character sheet. That one. Oh, okay. Natural 20, 21. Nice. Oh. <laughs> That's good because you needed about that to know. Probably. This is not a regional term by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, you've heard this term once. (laughs) Okay. As relates to something in the internal order of the various species of giants. Oh, but they're not. Oh, oh, good. Okay. Interesting. And this area is not particularly known for having giants. How you far know, would one hill, have to... hill giants need large areas uh-huh. to roam around in that yeah, have plenty of, of cattle and food and that sort of thing. Like not in most of the ones. Yeah, you know, most of the ones near civilization have kind of worked out things where they, you know, do you know heavy manual labor in exchange for a cow here and there, that kind of thing. You know, the the really wild ones get pushed off into the wilderness, but there are still occasional giant raids. Beyond that, um, you know, there are a few civilized ones, but around here? Where, where would no, one have to go? How far? Let's go with how far, not even where. How far would one need to go to find, say, a civilization of giants? Civilization's a funny term. Fair. Because they... They sort of live on the fringes. Okay. Even at the highest levels. Even even far but enough f- up to have like leadership structure. 
Well, again, though, there, it's the sort of thing where you know that they're like, you know, having heard about this, that there's some sort of internal ordering. For most people, that's just a completely foreign concept. Giants just are a thing out there in the wilderness or in a wild, strange place or up on top of a mountain or in the clouds even. You hear rumors of that, although that's mostly story. You say, oh, um, look, a giant. And it's usually precipitated yes. by a. A single giant. Yeah. Exactly. This implies structure. But, well, and and but you know that that is a thing that is there but it's one of those things that you just happen to have heard once that like there's some structure to giant society like i was with a giant in a caravan once who happened to mention it not mm. even that much of a first-hand reference oof oof da. okay interesting like, you don't have a primary source for this so she said yarl very offhandedly like she didn't expect me to for that to make sense to me no Absolutely. She had she was fully expecting that to be a, a foreign term. Okay. Uh I don't make that apparent I, I make it apparent on my face that what she said isn't all that unusual to me, theoretically. Hmm. Most interesting. Most interesting. Oh look, Reap is back. Um hmm. Seca turns and sort of scowls at you, Reap, as uh, you and Ascara come back. Uh, Ascaro definitely looks a little relieved. Right. That's been dealt with. I apologize again. I... Seca, Valdra, I'm sorry. I keep... It's... I keep making mistakes. I apologize. It's... And both Seca and Valdra just sort of look at her and say, It's fine. We know. It's been a... It's... It's been a day. Who has it? It is the first time you have seen Seca look like she wants to do anything other than murder anyone here. She's looking at, <laughs> she looks at Ascara with anyone amount of softness. Oh, that's nice. Um, we have found the dragonborn soul. <laughs> it's entirely based around Ascara. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, look, I mean, it's fine. No Ascara is, Ascara is now the precious cinnamon bun that must be protected at all costs. Ooh, cinnamon buns. <laughs> Oh, oh, I've lost Ryan. Oh, we're gone. <laughs> it's all over now. Okay. Um, okay, so I've backed myself into a corner, metaphorically speaking, because I don't know where to go with this now. We've sort of hit that oh. awkward impasse of, I'm going to do a thing. I would rather you didn't do that thing. I'm going to do that uh, thing. Turns I would to rather look you at didn't you do this. that thing. Well, I tell you what, since you were at an impasse, now it's probably time to switch over Yay. to Tubor... Faramond uh, and Faramond. <laughs> Yay, do that. Sorry, I was about to say Faramir, and that's a very different <laughs> Yes, uh, that's a very story. different character. Yeah. <laughs> Tubor is uh, actually not as close as I have him on the map. He's down here um, just sort of standing around, looking out uh, over the horizon. This is, of course, before this particular conversation happens. Occasionally throwing a glance back over his shoulder, keeping an eye on uh, things, and then as he sees you two approach and sees the other three approach the camp, uh, turns more fully towards you and sort of greets you with a, a sort of very slight bow. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, yeah, I uh, was and uh, Fairmond. Uh, Hello. Are are coming over here? Uh, just I I would like to to pick your brain about a few things. My brain is yours for the picking. Me? Um, I try to keep it well organized. <laughs> he gives the biggest wink so you have good. ever seen. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because he, he only has one eye yeah. because he's a cyclops. To remind it, anybody who forgot, <laughs> the wink goes. <sighs> <laughs> yes. Is to kind of turn his whole face sideways to get the the one eye kind of effect. It's surprisingly effective. Um, yeah, surprisingly terrifying is what it is. Actually, out of the four people in the other party, I think Tubor is by far the least scary myself. Accurate. But... <laughs> Accurate. So uh, I, uh, 
Faramond and I uh, couldn't help hearing um, part of a conversation uh, last night uh, that um, the the Dragonborn needed to, or were trying to incapacitate us, and you said you had taken some vows that uh, keep you from getting involved in any way. And uh, frankly, just from an outsider's perspective, it seems like maybe you and the Dragonborn maybe aren't like the best fit logistically. And um, this Fairmind is- Fairmind will cut in at this point and say, and moreover, I get the sense that we are in some way in your debt, sir. Yeah, that's that right. is perhaps a bit of a overcomplicated way of looking at things. You mentioned oaths. Yes, I swore oaths to do as little harm as I could as I watched the world. Interesting. So how how did uh, a gentle soul such as yourself come to travel with these three dragonborn. Ah, that is a longer story. And I am not quite an elder yet. I cannot tell it in all the detail it should be told in. But if you will sit for a moment and listen, I will give you what poorly sourced details I can. Oh, Ansel plops right down and gets his book out and Quill, he's ready to go. Faramond looks around to find a, a rock that he can sit on, something where if he needs to get up quickly, he can, um, and then sits down himself too. Conveniently, there is in fact a large rock. Uh, Tubor sort of sits cross-legged on the, the hot sand um, and then slides over a little bit with a sort of rumble to make sure that his shade is actually covering you, Ansel. Wow. Um, you need to be careful out in the sun. As you may be able to tell, I am a member of the Symposian Order, and thus I travel. My travels have sent me all around this desert, but recently I was called back to the court of the Jarl Orloon. My, I suppose the best word is liege. Technically, the word is. And here he spouts something in giant that you cannot understand and I cannot reproduce. I just put a but, question mark. And thus, I was ordered to travel with these three sisters to transport them about. Frankly, I have found the duty rather to my liking. They are pleasant company, and while I am not entirely pleased with the work we have been ordered to do, it has given me opportunity to see these events firsthand, which the elders have been grateful for. Quick thing, do either of you have history as a skill? Or religion. I do. Strangely, cool. no one of in those. my case. So, all right, that is a fifteen. Okay, you know a bit about the Sapusian Order. This was founded by a fellow named Sepus about three hundred and fifty years ago over in Onwaru. Um, and they have it's a monastic order that has spread out a good bit since then. They are not particularly common but they tend to show up at pivotal moments. Um, the order follows the rule of Sepus, which includes a certain amount of asceticism. You've seen that from Tubar already. Um, Sepus was an odd fellow by all accounts. Uh, he was a firm believer in the power of story. In particular, well-documented stories with primary sources and more than one primary source, if at all possible. Um, oh, perfect. He, he, was in a way a very studious and somber bard who founded a monastic order. Um, 
most of the members of outside the order uh, or rather seen outside the monasteries are their job is to watch major events play out, right? They are there to record history that, but it's kind of weird because they show up at places that you sometimes would think is absolutely completely irrelevant to history. And yet somehow they seem very intent on that. Uh, they, by all accounts, collect information, send that on to a monastery where it's transcribed, collated, added to an ever-growing and entirely secret body of work, which is studied by the elder monks to try and find traces of the divine in the course of history. Basically, little miracles and moments and nudges looking for divine handiwork. Oh, man, I like this. Cool. <laughs> I Actual Daniel is super into this. Oh, yeah. Actual Ryan is just getting flashbacks to Marvel's The Watcher. Oh, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks. slightly ripping off Terry Pratchett, I promise. That's totally I, okay. I'm getting flashbacks to taking a class in historiography in college. That's also good. Basically, it's reporter monks who keep their newspaper secret. I love it. <laughs> oh, man, that's such a good summation. Okay, so if I'm remembering my history correctly, the Sapusian order, mostly observers. So the moral quandaries you have aside about whether or not they're doing the right thing have to be distant so you could remain objective? Yes, but... I am in an unfortunate position. I would have stood aside further, but I, well, I have my place in the Ordnung. Ah, you perhaps do not know the Ordnung. To try and simplify it, I am at the lowest, well, one of the lower tiers of giant society. There are, of course, many of us, and we each have our own place in the order. The, the ordnung is the term we use for the entirety of the, the structure in the order. There is always someone immediately above us and someone immediately below us, but there are tiers in which we each reside as well. It would be simplistic, perhaps, to say that all cyclopses are in one tier, but it is rare that we rise higher than our usual place. I am fortunate, you might say. But nonetheless, the Jarl has given me orders, and those orders cannot be obeyed. As I said, he is as close to a liege lord as would make sense to you. I see. So it would be unlikely that I could convince you to take up a career as a caravaneer with my company then. And I take it since... <laughs> I would love the opportunity to travel further, to see trades, to talk to those who have seen other momentous things happening. It would be a dream. In fact, after this business is concluded, perhaps I will travel to your office and look you up for exactly that purpose. Ah, well, in that case, you would, uh, I, I pull out a tiny rectangle made out of papyrus that has my information <laughs> on it. <laughs> which I would say, this is my card. <coughs> so you can look up Ansel Fane, junior assistant to the executive Agate Accounting and Inventory Control. Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at cityonthehillgame. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org or at saving the game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day. Special thanks as always to our Patreon backers, Joanne, Andrew, Christina, Ashley, and Tony.
I really appreciate you guys. Grant. A secret society organized and operated by the U.S. government, the American Protective League was founded in 1917 after the American Declaration of War on Germany. Under the auspices of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, responsible for counterintelligence work on U.S. soil, the APL recruited volunteers as unpaid secret agents for the duration of the war. Each member had a number and reported suspicious activities to his or her captain, who forwarded them to the local FBI office. The APL had 250,000 members by the end of the war. In February 1919, the FBI dissolved it and issued colorful certificates to each of its members. As far as can be determined, the APL's activities did not result in the arrest of a single spy or the prevention of a single act of sabotage. When the Second World War broke out, the experiment was not repeated. Hmm. That's wild. I have, I have a lot of theoretical comments that I'm just going to let go of. Didn't you mention like a year and a half ago that you had a book of secret societies? I assume that's what this was from was the book. Yes. I need to borrow this book at some point or find it digitally or something because it sounds fascinating. Oh, it's, it's a, a wonderful gaming reference. Actually, that you're you're not wrong. That actually sounds great. Uh, Peter. He has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8, New International Version. Very straightforward. Absolutely <clears throat> lovely. Dig it. Ben. Lower your guard, gentlemen. I come in peace and war. This seat once belonged to Captain America, I believe. And with his place in the Avengers, I also take this place here. So the heroes of Earth wish to become destroyers of worlds. My Avengers can help with that. It's so much fun. <laughs> this is similar, I believe, to the Certain Point of View Star Wars series. Which is essentially like retellings of what could have happened with star wars oh i believe that's it's called mean. there's a whole book that's just short stories it's called uh, from a certain point of view and then i think there's certain point of views for individual movies as well yeah um william check one two three perfect ryan yeah no problem ryan i got you uh electrostatic pummeler three colorless mana for a one one artifact creature construct when Electrostatic Pummeler enters the battlefield, you get three energy tokens. Pay three energy tokens. Electrostatic Pummeler gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is its power. Kaladesh Remastered comes out tomorrow, and Ryan's very happy. Because uh, I missed, I missed this deck. Or? Yeah, this is for yeah. Rena. I missed this deck <sighs> desperately. Red-green yeah. energy was one of my favorite things when Kaladesh was legal. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, Kaladesh so was the set that was out just before MTG Arena actually went live. Was it? Uh, that had it on beta there? went public. And so it was oh, yeah. there, but it was not really, it was what they were using in alpha testing and wasn't really fit for public consumption. So we've never gotten to play so, with a lot of these things on, exactly. on Arena. I mean, I've played with them on like Magic Online and stuff, but. And Duels of the Planeswalkers. Also, yes. This, oh, wow. They still had Duels mm. then. That's true. Um, yeah. I, I just, and, uh, uh, Magic Puzzle Quest. Also that. that. Uh, and if you haven't looked, seen it, look up Voltaic Brawler. The card's not that important. The art's just cool. It's, um, it's so much good art. It's just, it's a great set. It's a really good <clears throat> set, and I'm very excited about it. Magic I mean, has always had some of the best art in gaming. Oh, so I mean, it, it is pretty good. <laughs> it's a two mana, four, three. Twice. Twice, but still. <laughs> yeah, that's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, Daniel, I think Daniel's last. Yes, I also have a magic card. I, uh, you will you not go. find it on Arena. Oh. <laughs> uh, Tempest Ifrit. One red, red, red. Summon Ifrit. Tap. Pick a card at random from opponent's hand and place it in yours. Bury Tempest oh. Ifrit in opponent's graveyard. The change in ownership is permanent. Play as an interrupt, but opponent may prevent effect by paying 10 life points or conceding game before card to be switched is chosen if this is done tempest ifrit is buried effects that prevent or redirect damage may not be used to counter this loss of life remove this card from deck if not playing for anti okay a couple of thoughts it's there three, keep three. being more words why do there keep being more words? <laughs> okay, so I can answer that. It's actually a game design thing, maybe relevant to listeners oh. here. When you don't have the rules written down externally, 
all of the cards have to carry the rules. All the rules. Yes. There's so many rules. There's like 11 lines of text on this card. Uh, so, and, and also, when you say permanently, it means you take a card from their hand until no, the end of you own it now. Oh, you own their card and they own Tempest of Freed. Yes. I thought no, they no, just is, kept Tempest of Freed forever. And they only got, I thought they got Tempest of Freed permanently and you only got their card till the end of the game. No. no. Oh, no. Ooh. No. Anti, Anti was when uh, magic was for keeps. <laughs> yeah. So Anti was a, a mechanic that is no longer legal. In fact, not legal doesn't even quite describe it. It's no longer in the game. Yeah. Um, it is, it's it been like taken super out extra uh, illegal because otherwise it becomes a gambling game and that causes legal problems for Wizards of the Coast. That's true. I believe there are zero uh, formats unless you're playing a homebrew. Correct. Board. Like I don't even think you can use this in like ninety three, ninety four, or something. Uh, no, no, you can't. It's uh, uh, it was most recently printed in fourth edition. Uh, after that, yeah, because it got re uh, it was reprints basically. Um, yeah, at fifth, I think they took out all the anti. Yeah, but there was this original idea that people would just kind of get cards and then play, and then you know some cards would change hands through this anti mechanic. Uh, without and because Richard Garfield had no idea that people would like buy a bunch of cards, build a good deck, and like construct a deck. It'd be like, oh and, yeah, these are just the cards I have. Intention. Yeah, and like, he had no clue sets. that magic cards would be traded like stock shares at some it, point in the uh -huh. future either. Just, just the idea that you could collect an entire set was foreign to his original idea. Exactly. In the 11 so, formats on MTG Goldfish, it is either not legal or banned in all of them. And also, if you would like, uh, you can buy a near-mint copy from uh, Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com, not a sponsor, uh, for 35 cents. Yep. Uh, the fourth <laughs> edition is about that price. The one from Legends is about $15. Ooh, 15 bucks. Does yep. not change legality. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, it sure doesn't. But uh, if... The, it's this is playing by the old school magic uh, rules of the smaller the text on the card, the worse the card is. Oh, you're going to say the more powerful the card is. You're probably right no. about the second thing. That's true. Sometimes, Sometimes more powerful. An but yeah, not usually. If you've ever just picked up a pack of old magic cards and like thumbed through I like Ice Age, just there's Ooh. cards with tiny text and they're all bad. Mm -hmm. oh, Fun yeah. fact: I got start, I got started in Ice cards. Age. I'm sorry. I loved it. It was no, Ice so Age good. on the whole was great. And it was amazing. Snow Snow yeah. thing. Alliances totally was better. Oh, Alliances had Force of Will. Uh, Alliances was also had Keldorian Outpost and stuff. It was yeah. That's true. Anyway, 